Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for your Holy Spirit and his gifts. Thank you, Father, for them operating in our lives. We're just going to thank you for that right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for teaching us your word in this area of our Christian lives. Disciple us in the gifts of the Spirit, we pray. Touch us, open up our ears to hear and our eyes to see. Touch our understanding, Father, so that uh, we can grasp for the material. Touch me, I pray today, as a speaker in this room, and flow through me. I ask you uh, humbly in Jesus' name, and thank you for answering that prayer, Father, for helping us to keep the information clear and concise. In Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Um, what I like to do when I make up a, a, a question and answer sheet, I like to start with a little bit of review. Um, the first question I asked was, name the three gifts that reveal something. Once again, I've taken all kinds of liberties with this teaching. You need to understand that. Eat the meat, spit out the bones, all right? Um, I broke it down into this. There were three gifts I, I, you, you can easily see. They're revelation gifts. They reveal mysteries. They reveal things, right? So the first question is, name the three gifts that reveal something. Word of wisdom which is revelation, a little bit of knowledge from God about the future. Amen? The second one is word of knowledge, a little bit. A word of knowledge is, I got that from the King James Version, right? A word of knowledge. A, a little bit of revelation about a, the mystery behind something that's going on right now that nobody else knows about or that's already happened. And you said, where do you get that from? Well, only in the wisdom of God is truly the future known. Does that make sense? And it just seems like over the years, whenever I've seen this gift in operation, uh, it, it always seemed to reveal something about the future. And then the proof of the pudding about that gift is that when the event happens, when the thing happens, that was, was revealed, all right? Now, number two, of course, then there's discerning of spirits. All three of those are revelation gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And what did we learn about discerning of spirits? We learned that the word discerning is very important because the Greek leans heavily on being able to see into the spiritual realm. Seeing into the spiritual realm, right? So, it, it also has to do with, you tried to explain something to somebody before, and you're talking and talking and talking, and finally they look at you and they go, oh, I see. They're saying they understand, right? Well, that, that's, that's part of this discerning of spirits, but the key here, the most important thing is, that differentiates it from other gifts is that you, all of a sudden, see into the spiritual realm, Right? And, and I told you the story from the pastor's journal where this pastor was praying for a woman who was, they prayed for her in healing services every Friday at their church for six months only she just kept getting worse. You've even heard that in the Bible that there were, you know, people that were, doctors were trying to treat that woman with the issue of blood. She just kept getting worse, right? Well, this woman just kept getting worse and the pastor said, I, um, I had been told by God earlier in prayer that he was going to start using me in this area of discerning of spirits. I said, okay. He said, I laid hands on this woman like I'd done many times and prayed for her, and instantly I, I could see a small demon hanging on her left lung. Now, you can believe that or not believe it. That's your choice. Amen? I mean, you, you make that decision. 
He said, I saw this demon hanging on her left lung, and I told her, I told it in the name of Jesus to let go, and it fell to the floor. And not only that, it proclaimed something that was not even necessary to proclaim. It said to the pastor, I don't want to, but I have to do what you tell me to do. He said, well, then furthermore, you've got to leave this building and cast him into outer darkness. He said he jumped up and ran out the center aisle of the church and out the front of the church. He said, and no one else heard it, and no one else saw it but me. All right? Now, what would have been the difference is he'd been standing there, laid hands on, the, on this woman, and all of a sudden, he, in his inner witness, he knew. He heard, he heard it on the inside of him. There's a demon that's the cause of this problem. What would be the difference between that and what he did see and what happened? And I rehearsed that in your ears again because it's very important. It's how you know the difference between the gifts. And this time was, can you be told by a word of knowledge inside? You didn't see anything, but by a word of knowledge, the Holy Spirit told you this is demonically caused, right? And then he could do the same thing he did before, only the difference would be in the one gift, he saw it. And the other gift, which was a word of knowledge, the Holy Spirit just told him, but he didn't see. But do you understand there are subtle differences even though we know the gifts of the Spirit of God, do not forget they overlap. God will use several of them at times to accomplish His goal in you. Just be ready to let the Holy Ghost do anything He wants to do. That's all I'm saying. All right? And I'm saying, let's be discipled well enough in the Word that we know the difference. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to confuse anybody or rock up any, uh, you know, apple carts here or dump them over or whatever. I'm just trying to say, let's learn what the Bible teaches. Amen? So the first question was, name the three gifts that reveal something, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. And we see the difference between word of knowledge and discerning of spirits is it's not the discerning of spirits if you didn't see anything. If God, God didn't give you a vision or sight into the spiritual realm, it wasn't discerning of spirits. All right? And it's not just about discerning... Uh, evil spirits how do you think that Moses saw God amen uh, amen and then Isaiah said in the year the king Uzziah died I saw God sitting on the throne and his train filled the temple how do you think he saw that it what how many times have I told you if you want to learn about the gifts of the spirit dig them out in the Old Testament because it wasn't something so different and unique it was God's way of beginning to show us even in the Old Testament, how the gifts of the Spirit work in the New Testament. And, and, and how do I know it? The only one I never found in the Old Testament, and I believe I'll go to be with Jesus without finding it because I don't believe it's there. I'm 64, and I've been looking since I was 19 years old. You don't see tongues. The only one mentioned in the gifts of the Spirit in the New Testament that you don't find in the Old Testament. But every single solitary one of the other gifts, they're in the Old Testament. They show up there. They do. All right? It wasn't just that the, the things that were happening when people in the Old Testament saw God, it wasn't, it, it wasn't uh, so extraordinary other than the Holy Ghost was working even in the Old Testament. And if he wasn't, we wouldn't have as many examples as we've got in the big book and learning what we're learning about, about the Holy Ghost, all right? 
Number two, name the three gifts that do something. And we're moving into this one today, the gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. And these are gifts that actually do, they do something, all right? Now, we're going to look at gift of faith today. And, and look, if this was not what we're going to prove to you that it is, it's special faith. We're going to prove it to you. There are all kinds of faith talked about in the Word of God, but lots of people like to just throw it into one sack and shake it up, mix it all up, you know. We're going to define faith today and how it works in our lives. But the gift of faith, it can easily be defined as special faith, all right? And, and it's special faith where faith rises up on the inside of you. You might be praying for somebody for healing, and all of a sudden, you know that you know that you know that you know God is on the scene, and your faith cannot be stopped. Amen? All right? All right? Now, and, and all you got to do then is obey God, pray the way he tells you to pray, and let God do his work, right? But here's what we're going to show you. Then there's the working of miracles. The working of miracles under these three gifts that do something. And then there's the gifts of healings, all right? We're going to talk about a gift of faith today, but we're going to compare it to working of miracles because there's subtle differences between the two, just like discerning of spirits and a word of knowledge. One's seen in the spiritual realm and one is just hearing right? All of a sudden, you don't know something, then you do, right? Well, we're going to talk about a little bit about the difference between the gift of faith and the working of miracles, all right? Now, I want to stop there. I want to stop right there for a little bit, and I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 7 through 11, and I'm going to torture you a little bit with it because um, I usually read it to you in the English Standard Version, and I refer to the King James Version. I'm just going to read it from the King James Version today. And why I'm going to do that is because this is where my studies began in the Holy Ghost and why I use the terminologies I use, all right? So in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 11, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. That tells me that everyone has the potential to be used by God. Am I right or wrong? Every child of God has the potential to be used by the Spirit of God. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. See where I get that from now. Word of wisdom. All right. To another the word of knowledge. Now you know where I get that. By the same Spirit. Verse 9. To another faith. But that's special faith. Um, to another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. And to another diverse kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally as he will, which means that the Holy Ghost uses us, we don't use him. All right? Amen. So the gifts of the Spirit, I remind you, are supernatural. I've had men of God, so-called men of God, theologians, try to explain to me that some of the gifts of the Spirit of God are supernatural, but some of, them, some of them can be explained in the natural. I rejected that outright, and I'll tell you why. It's the same with this book. There are people that will tell you, that will tell you, you can't trust this book because too many people were involved in putting it together. The problem I have with that is this book tells me that the Holy Spirit inspired these people, so God put the book together. Now, if I cannot trust my God 
to put one book together in the, in the physical realm for me, on my behalf, that, that isn't accurate, I can't trust him for anything. If I can find one thing in the book that I don't agree with, that I think was wrong, and that it was a mistake, I can't trust any of it. Throw it out with the bathwater. It's no good to you. But so I just take the word of God for what it says. I trust it. I believe it. It is the book for me. Amen? Well, here's the thing. Once you start nitpicking the gifts of the Spirit of God, if you try to explain that one of them is natural in origin, not supernatural, you can't trust any of them to be supernatural. They're either all supernatural or none of them are supernatural. And I'm telling you, they're all supernatural. Amen? I think I made that point. All right. Uh, wow. Uh, it's true in our own spiritual lives. The Spirit of God will lead and guide us in ways that are supernatural because the Bible tells us this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, look, let's don't muddy the water here, but I put that passage of Scripture up there to tell you that there are all kinds of ways for the Spirit of God to lead us in our life. It doesn't have to be defined by I got spirit filled to overflowing and I pray in tongues. Now, I have a, a, a hope, a desire that when we're done, that you'll see the benefit of it and that you won't feel like, you know, torn about it. And, and then you can decide if you want it, go get it. If you don't want it, don't go get it, right? And it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit's never going to use you in anything because I'm telling you that the Christians have been being led by an inner witness of the Holy Ghost for eons of time, all right? But I will tell you that I've hung out with a lot of Spirit-filled Christians in my lifetime that prayed in tongues, and I've seen a lot of amazing things. So all I ask you is don't reject it out of hand, amen? And, and don't, don't believe for one minute that Pastor Dennis ever stood in this pulpit and, and said, well, if you're not Spirit-filled and you don't pray in tongues, you can't be used by the Spirit of God because that's not true. I'd be lying to you. It's not true. You can still be led by that inner witness of the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen? And, and you can hear from God, and God can use you. He's been doing it for, you know, long as he's been God, I guess. All right? That's what I'm going to say. Notice that there's no reference here in Romans 8, 14. There's no reference here to being a spirit-filled Christian accompanied by praying in tongues before being qualified to be led by the Spirit of God. However... I will tell you that being filled with the Holy Ghost overflowing and praying in tongues is all about being led by the Spirit. Not, it's not the only way, but it, it's everything about being led by the Spirit. All right? It has everything to do with that. And then I talked a bit about the inner witness. I've already shared that with you. Uh, the inward witness is simply a matter of being led by the Holy Spirit. Let's just all be led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And I'll tell you, if you ask, Father, in the name of Jesus, that by the power of his Spirit will he send the teacher and teach you about these things, you can't play around on the muddy bank of a river very long without slipping and falling in <laughs> and getting wet. All right? How many of you ever heard that phrase before? All right. I'm going to talk to you a little bit today about, I call it special faith. The gift of faith. What differentiates it from all those other kinds of faith out there? Because there's a lot. We're going to talk about them a little bit. Won't, won't, it won't take long. You know, in the Amplified Bible, of this gift, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, it says, 
to another, in brackets it says, wonder-working faith is given by the same Holy Spirit. To another, wonder-working faith is given by the same Holy Spirit. Wonder-working faith. You know, the apostles, that, that's what happened with them. You know, you know, when those two apostles stood before the man and said, silver and gold have we none. We're, we're not rich people. We don't have lots and lots of money. But what I have, give I unto you. Rise up and walk. Amen? I mean, wasn't that, I mean, that just still sends chills up and down my spine thinking about that. And it was a guy who had lain there and begged for money. Everybody knew him because he'd been there for so many years. I believe all his life. So they couldn't argue that it wasn't a notable miracle. That's what it says, I like, in the King James Version. can say it wasn't a notable miracle. And it was because the Holy Ghost moved through them, and they spoke. Now, now think about that. Here's the thing that alarms me. We're talking about the gifts of the Spirit of God that Father wants His Holy Spirit to use us in, and yet most Christians will live their whole life and never see a one of them. Now, God wants to change that. God wants to change that, all right? Now, you, you've got to understand there, there are warning signs you've got to look out for. I'm telling you, you start praying for people, and all of a sudden people start getting healed, set free and delivered and all that stuff. It'll mess with you if you let it. And the Holy Spirit will just stop. He'll just stop using you. Why does the Holy Spirit just stop using you? Because he wants you to go to heaven too. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What I mean by that is that I have seen the, the Holy Ghost move through people's lives to the point where hundreds of thousands of people were drawn to them. Evangelists. I've told you the story. And when the Holy Ghost stopped talking through him, at first he said, he'd say, the Holy Ghost evidently has nothing to say here tonight, so we're just going to worship God. We're going to preach the word and worship him. And if the Holy Spirit decides to say something, we'll let him. And if he doesn't, we'll just worship God, right? Well, that was the exact thing he needed to do. But after a while, the meetings start to die down. The money starts to dry up. I'm just telling you, you know, the fame meter starts to drop. And so you start deciding you want to help the Holy Ghost a little bit. I'm telling you, that's one of the most dangerous things in the world you can do. That's why I said the Holy Ghost wants you to go to heaven too. Right? The Holy Ghost will not abide with you touching the glory of God for yourself. He won't do it. He won't put up with it. It's why the Holy Ghost is quiet in a whole lot of churches in the world. People don't know how to handle this. But think about the, the, the body of Christ in sections of it in the world where the people are open to the Holy Ghost doing whatever he wants to do. Those churches, they do just like the early church did. You know, on, on the, what happened on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell. People were speaking in tongues and everybody visiting on Pentecost was hearing uh, them say the wonderful works of God in their own language knowing they were not smart people that way. They weren't really highly educated. But the Holy Ghost had come, up, come upon them and they began in tongues, in other languages, unknown languages to them. They began to proclaim the wonderful works of God and people heard it. And then a 20-minute sermon was preached and a couple thousand people got saved. Right? 
And then within a matter of weeks after that, people started getting healed. People started getting set free. More people being filled with the Holy Ghost. It, God proved that it wasn't just for the day of Pentecost, all right? I love it when one of the apostles asked these people, they, they were saved. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And what was their answer? We didn't even know there was such thing as the Holy Ghost. So he prayed for them and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. People continued to be filled with the Holy Ghost and people are still continuing to be filled today because you cannot find anywhere in this book where it says it stopped or went away. Matter of fact, the strong implication is it's going to be with us throughout the last days. Do you know you're living in the last days? Proof of the pudding, day of Pentecost, the first sermon preached on the day of Pentecost by Peter said, it's like the prophet Joel said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. We're, we've been living in the last days ever since the, birth, the church was birthed, right? Let's don't be too picky about what we want that God has that he wants to give us and what we don't want, all right? Okay, so the gift of special faith is not the same as saving faith. How many of you know the saving faith is the most important faith in the world? Everyone has the ability within them. They're born by God with this gift of enough faith. If they'll exercise it, they can accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. Amen? They can do that. Everyone has that measure of faith is what it's called in the Word of God if they will exercise it. So you look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God. You say, well, brother, do you mean the salvation or the faith? The answer is yes. It's the faith and the salvation. It's a gift from God. Both of them came from God. Amen? This passage of Scripture tells us that while the faith we are saved by, uh, it is given to us by God. That faith that, is, that we are saved by is given to us by God. So I say, however, we can find no scriptural evidence that it is identified as one of the gifts of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians. I don't find that particular gift of the Spirit listed in 1 Corinthians. So when it says the gift of faith here, the gift of faith as a gift of the Holy Ghost, it's got to be different faith, a different kind of faith. Let me, let me move on and I'll, I'll prove this to you. So to be clear, the faith we are referring to in this lesson is special faith to accomplish extraordinary things that go beyond saving faith. But I'm telling you, beginner faith, saving faith, that still will be the all-time most important one in my life because I got saved with it. Amen? Keep this in mind. The gift of faith is the gift of the Spirit by which a believer might receive a miracle. Now think about this with me because we're going to, I, I hope it twists in your brain right now because we're going to prove it to you as we move along. Keep this in mind. The gift of faith is the gift of the Spirit by which a believer might receive a miracle. Now it means that you go from one second, you're struggling with it, and all of a sudden the gift of the Spirit, this Spirit, uh, gift of the Spirit, this gift called faith, special faith rises up on, on the inside of you and all of a sudden, you have no doubt, you have no fear, you have no unbelief, and you know that God is giving you this miracle, this blessing. So, what's the difference between, I, I said this to myself many years ago, well, Father, if this is faith to receive a miracle, then what about working of miracles? How do you, how do you differentiate that? Well, go back up to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 
First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Listen to this, because this is the one I'm going to compare it to. To another the working of miracles. Now, all of these three gifts do something. Gift of faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healing. But when you look at the two, gift of faith and working of miracles, think about this with me. Because one is called working of miracles. So, one of the gifts is passive. If the Holy Spirit brings you special faith, there ain't nothing you can do about it. You just receive it. That's passive on your part. That special faith is doing something, but you can't do anything to earn it. You can't do anything to get it. You, you, you passively receive it. But when we get to the working of miracles, you're going to learn that you're deeply involved. One of those gifts is passive, and the other gift is active. You're involved in the working of miracles. And that's what we're going to prove to you. Just like we learned easier about discerning of spirits and a word of knowledge, if I don't see into the spiritual realm, it's, and I, but I got information that helped me set that person free, I got a word of knowledge. But if I see into the spiritual realm and see what the cause is, I know it's discerning of spirits because it involves seeing. Gift of faith is just that the Holy Ghost falls on you with this gift and faith rises up on the inside of you and you receive whatever it is God's wanting to give you. I'm going to show you in the scriptures about that. But working of miracles is not passive. You've got to respond. You've got to be involved. All right? And we'll, we'll go into that later. I hope that that doesn't uh, twist up your thinking too much. But, but when we're finished, because it's going to take two weeks, all right, this Sunday and next Sunday, to get it all in, just how you know the difference between discerning of spirits now and a word of knowledge, you're going to know the difference between special faith, the gift of faith, and the working of miracles. You're going to know, all right, when, when we're done. All right, praise God. One gift receives and the other does something. Take note of the Bible where it says in 1 Corinthians 12, 10, to another, the working of miracles. In other words, when you receive a miracle, you don't work a miracle. Does that make sense? I'm just giving you the words. I'm just using the words. In other words, when you receive a miracle, you don't work a miracle. But when you perform a miracle by the unction of the Holy Spirit, that's the difference, you're working a miracle by this supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit, the working of miracles. We'll, we'll clarify. Don't, don't get too wrapped up on that. These power gifts are very closely associated one with the other, and many times they work together. The same is true of the revelation gifts as well as the utterance gifts. It's also important to note that all of the gifts of the Spirit operate by a source. How do we receive anything we get from God? Faith. Unless God moves sovereignly in your life and just does it because He's God, and how many of you know that that's not as often as we'd like it to be, and there's a reason for that, because like babies, we would be spoiled and we'd want God to do it all the time. We wouldn't want to pray. We don't want to pray. We don't want to seek God. No. Gimme, 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 God. Show me where the spout is that the glory comes out and I'll get under it. You know? And that has connotations to it that might sound kind of positive. 
But God does not spoil us rotten and make us useless that way. I, I just getting, I'm getting hungry for finding out just how involved do you want me, Father? How do you want to use me? And I hope that you're, you're catching on that same way. It's also important to note that all of the gifts of the Spirit of God operate by faith, by ordinary faith on the part of a believer through which the gift is being manifested. In other words, a person must step out in faith and yield to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. What if you're praying for someone, and, and do you know how many people in the kingdom of God never had this teaching before? How do you think they respond if they're, if they're praying with a friend and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost tries to tell them something about what's going on in that person? Even, even though they hear it, even though it's dropped on them by the Spirit of God, some people do not respond out of fear. And the unknown, they just don't know any better. They're afraid. So when the Holy Ghost begins to move in your life, accept it by faith and step out. Amen? And let God be God. This is where your ordinary faith or simple faith is involved. How many times uh, have we covered this in our teaching? In the Bible, this question. How do we get anything we get from God? We get it by faith. All right? So to encapsulate this truth, let's look at it this way. All of the gifts of the Spirit of God work by faith. All of the gifts of the Spirit of God work by faith. Let's don't separate that out. As we're learning, there are many different kinds of faith. There's saving faith that brings salvation. There's faith, or better known as faithfulness, or the fruit of the Spirit that comes after salvation. There is the manifestation of special faith as a gift of the Holy Spirit. However, this gift operates as He wills, not as we will. Faith, like prayer, is something that is easily confused in the minds of some people. Many times... We want to put all kinds of faith in the same sack, so to speak, and just mix them all up and shake them all together. But maybe this thought will help. Special faith is not the general faith by which we ordinarily receive answers to prayer. Special faith is not the general faith by which we ordinarily receive answers to prayer. I mean, if, we, if, we, if this wasn't true, what I just said, if Special faith is not the general faith by which we ordinarily receive answers to prayer. If that isn't true, why, why put it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Wouldn't need it. It's in many other places in the Bible. What I'm trying to say is the gifts of the Spirit of God are unique. They're unique. They're different. All right? It's the same God. It's the same Spirit. Amen? But the Spirit of God works in many ways. But I'm telling you, the gifts of the Spirit are special and unique. You know, what, what has God been telling us lately? What has the Holy Spirit been teaching us? We, we have gotten away from this in the body of Christ. But, you know, Jesus talked differently about the Holy Ghost. He said, you can say any manner of thing you want about me, and I'll forgive you. You can say whatever you want about Father. Father's going to forgive you. Now, I'm paraphrasing, but he says, watch what you say about the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you that of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so very different. I mean, they're, they're, it's one God. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. It's the Trinity. But I'm telling you, that Holy Spirit is different. I challenge you, 
How many times can you find places in the Bible where it says to worship God? I lost count. How many times in the Bible can you find worship Christ? I've lost count. But I can't find worship the Holy Spirit. Now I'll lay that challenge out. If you can find it, I need to know. All right? But it's one of the uniquenesses about the Holy Spirit. For the Him, it's all about the Father and the Son. How can I bring people to Father? How can I teach people to worship the Son? How can I teach people to be Christ-like? The Holy Spirit, His entire existence, is about Father and the Son. It's about Father and Son. They're all very unselfish. God allowed His Son to die on the cross. Jesus allowed Himself to die on the cross. You know, the Holy Spirit had to allow it too, you see. And then he's the one, when you learn something about Father and the Son and you know it didn't come from you, it came from that sweet and powerful and precious Holy Spirit. Amen? <clears throat> so the Holy Spirit, there's a uniqueness about him compared to Father and the Son, right? You know, people have said before, they've asked me, well, what, what, what do you think about that? I said, well, Jesus and the Father warned to get blas against blaspheming the Holy Spirit because uh, if you reject the Holy Spirit by actions, words, and deeds in your life, you are rejecting the power by which Father uses to draw you to Him. So if you reject the Holy Spirit, you're rejecting the power that God would have used to draw you to Him. You see? To Himself. God help us. Amen? All right. This ordinary gift of faith, the ordinary faith given to us by God, had to be in manifestation for us to get any answer to prayer in our lives, to get saved, to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, healing for our body, financial needs to be met. Do you understand how many different kinds of faith are listed right there? All right. This general faith is so very important because it is the bridge to even greater faith to be manifest in our lives through the Holy Spirit. And it can grow by feeding on the Word of God and exercising it in the arena of life. We can all have an ever-increasing faith. The gift of faith, however, is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit given as He wills. And trust me, it's special. It's different than all those other kinds of faith that God wants to exercise in our life. Once again, uh, what, you know, I'm just going to stop right there. I'm going to stop right there, and we'll pick up next week. But let me encourage you again. You know, for many years, having been raised in a Southern Baptist church and then getting ordained in a Pentecostal church, I mean, I've seen it all on both sides of the fence. When I was growing up, I was taught because I had questions. I'd say, what, what about hap what happened on the day of Pentecost? Well, that died with the apostles. Well, do you know if it had died with the apostles, why did they wait till the letter to, first, to the Corinthians to write about it? I mean, you know, to write about the things of the Holy Ghost if it's already left. You know what I'm saying? It's already gone away. If miracles have already passed, you know, and, 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 and you know, there's a half a dozen other apostles mentioned in the Bible that were not with Jesus in his earthly ministry. You know that, right? So, and the Bible says that God gave gifts to the church, apostles, amen, prophets, 
evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? Now, I'm going to tell you, there are some people out there that, that may very well be prophets, but I do not take for granted their prophets when I hear them say, I'm prophet so-and-so. I want to, you know, when, I'm, I, when I used to go away to work for two weeks, I'd come back, we had two cats. And they were great cats as far as cat goes, a cat goes. But every time I showed up, even though I paid the bill for the house and the light bill, and I bought the very food they lived on, they wanted to see my resume again every time I showed up at the house, right? You know? And, and there's a spiritual connotation to that. But, but what I'm saying is that for me to meet a prophet, I'm going to need a little time to look at the tree. I want to look at the tree. I'm not going to read the sign. They can hang a, tree, a sign on the tree that says that they are a banana tree. But I want to see the bananas. I want to see the fruit. And if I see the fruit, I'm going to call them prophet this and prophet that until all the fruit disappears and goes away. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You understand? I'm going to be right in there with them calling prophet. You can introduce yourself to me as a prophet all day long. That ain't going to earn you anything with me. I've got to see the fruit. All right? Okay. I said I was going to quit. I've got to keep my word. I used to used to take my watch off and lay it down and my children hated that because I'd say in closing inevitably one of my kids would lean over to the friends and say that don't mean nothing <laughs> I do I do get a little nervous I got I gotta be honest with you do you understand the the depth of this material and the responsibility it is as a pastor and I'll, I'll say it as a man of God to convey to you in ways that doesn't confuse you Look, let's just let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost, all right? Let's let the Holy Ghost move in our lives. I, I really want you to reach a point in your life where you just say, okay, I give up, Holy Ghost, do whatever you want to do, <laughs> you know? Maybe you haven't been a fan of being, you know, in that description where it's filled with the Holy Ghost or overflowing and praying tongues. Maybe you haven't been a fan of that. We already know you. that doesn't have to happen to you for you to go to heaven. Now, a lot of people have made the mistake of writing it off, though, because, because of that. All right. But the Bible does say that God would use the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Well, can you think of a more foolish thing than praying in tongues? But I am not ashamed. This is no brag. This is fact. I'm not ashamed to tell you I've been a spirit-filled Christian for a long time. And I've noticed that my life is different when I spend time praying in a language I don't know or understand or never learned, then when I say to myself, because I'm telling you, you can, you can step back from it. Pretty easy. Anything that you don't do, whatever, maybe shooting, maybe you shoot well, but it's a perishable skill. Amen? If you don't keep shooting well, you will not keep shooting well. Right? Well, it's easy if you let a few days go by and you don't pray in the Spirit. It's easy to kind of let that go a little longer, you know. As a matter of fact, I think that's been a problem in the body of Christ in this world leading up to the COVID virus. I'm just saying. I'm not saying they're linked, but I'm saying that it was one of those things that Christians kind of let just slide by the wayside. Was why? Because we're going to learn that when you're praying in tongues, you're praying the mysteries of God, number one. You're praying the mysteries of God. Sometimes you don't know how to pray for us things as you ought to. 
And in praying in the spirit, you can pray over those things. Now, listen to me, because this is important. And I promise I'm just going to pray for you after this. When you pray in the spirit, the devil himself cannot understand a word you're saying. You're going right over his head. And he can't do anything to stop you. He can't do anything to stop you. Stand up with me and let me pray for you. Father, I want to thank you for these magnificent things that you're sharing with us. Not only are we learning about the gifts of your spirit, but we're learning things about the spirit himself along the way. Thank you, Father, for the uniqueness of your Holy Ghost. Thank you that he is a comforter. Thank you that he is a teacher. Uh, thank you that he is a paraclete. He's our helper. Lord, every one of us in this room need help. We, we don't hide from that. We, don't, we all need your help, Father. Help us with the power of your Holy Ghost. Uh, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Uh, Lord, I, I'm, I just pray that you'll continue uh, to let your hand rest upon me. Uh, and, and I pray that your spirit will teach through me. I pray in Jesus' name. I don't want to confuse your children. Lord, we're involved in the discipleship training ministry here in this church, so burying people in confusion is not what we desire to do. Help us, Father, to be clear and distinct, Father, in what we're teaching and what we're saying. Help us to grow in it. Father, may even now a hunger be rising up within us, Lord, for the things of your Spirit, Father. Teach us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Help us, fill us to overflowing, Lord. Use us any way, Father, that you want to use us, we pray in Jesus' name. And Father, as you began to move, people will be drawn to that. Help us to disciple those people. Because just coming to church because of the signs and wonders isn't going to get them through the door of salvation. But we pray, Father, that you will help us to uh, be used to help them through that door and then to begin to disciple them in the Word of God so that they remain for the right reasons. Mm. Help us, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name. Lord, you know I don't have anything against a prophetic ministry or an apostle's ministry, uh, just like I don't have anything against an evangelist ministry or a pastor's ministry or a teacher's ministry. And Father, I know that in my heart you've spoken this, that in the last days there will be a solid restoration of the five-fold ministry in this world, in the body of Christ. I look for it, Father. But Father, sad to say that some of those that are calling themselves those things today aren't those things. Forgive us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name. Help those individuals. If we're in error, help us to see it, Father. And ask you for forgiveness and healing in Jesus' name. Father, Life Spring Bible Church is a place you birthed. Part of the body of Christ. It's not the do all, to end all. It's just part of the body. And we, Lord, we lift up uh, every church in the city that lifts up the name of Jesus. Uh, we don't want to just learn about the Holy Ghost, us and us alone. Father, teach your people about your Holy Spirit and the uniqueness of your Holy Spirit. The wonderful things about his characteristics and how he teaches us about you and draws us deeper to you and in you and through you. Lord, we love you so very much. I want to thank you for each and every person in this room. Father, I pray right now, speak words of peace, Lord, to everyone in this building. Father, once again, unravel any knots I may have tied. 
in the hearts and lives and thinking of your people, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Ease them, Father, I pray in Jesus' name, their concerns. And help us when we come back together next week to add more clarification to these gifts of the Spirit because we certainly need special faith from time to time, Father, in our lives. More often than we've seen it, I'll tell you that, Father. We want to place ourselves in a position where the Holy Spirit's more free to use us as he wills and all of the gifts of the Spirit for your glory. Father, you're so faithful to be with us, not only while we're here, but you go with us. Meet us in our own homes. You even ride with us in our own cars. You're everywhere, Father. May we be more conscious of that. Father, forgive us once again for the many ways that we displease you and fail you. Strengthen us and disciple us deeper, Father, that Every day we're drawing closer to you. Now, Lord, it's my prayer that no one leaves here today without having been touched by your Spirit. You were so good to us in our worship service today. And, Father, you keep telling me that it's going to just get deeper and deeper and deeper. We accept that, Father, for your glory. Teach us more and more about you. In Christ's name, we pray and praise. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for being here today. I want you to fellowship together before you leave. And I want to just take 15 seconds to thank you for your faithfulness in this church. Um, I love the fact that I don't have to take offerings anymore. I don't have to talk about money at all except to say thank you for your faithfulness because your giving has met all the needs. God bless you. Thank you.